Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I have a special guest, ESPN's Adam Teicher, who is also the author of Kingdom, How Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs Return to Super, Go- Super Bowl Glory. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, this, this will be a lot of fun, Jeff. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Adam. It brings back so many great memories of those uh, early mid-90s in Kansas City. So thank you for, for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. Absolutely. This will be a lot of fun. And we'll get into those memories and we'll get into Kingdom. Uh, first, though, we're going to deal with kind of the Chiefs, uh, the 2-0 Chiefs. Talk about them a little bit. I have a question I have for you. Uh, Legereus Sneed has had such a great start of the season, leading the NFL, actually, with two interceptions. Are you surprised about this? Did you see sort of flashes of talent training camp? What do you make of this? Yeah, I, you know, he caught your eye. He was a guy that definitely caught your eye in training camp. I remember there was a play where he was left alone with uh, Tyreek Hill down the field, stayed with him stride for stride, and um, ended up breaking up the pass down the field. So he was a guy that definitely caught your eye. And, um, you know, it's, but I feel like one of the surprising elements of this season, so far at least, is the the contributions the Chiefs are getting from not only Snead, but some of their other rookies. You know, everybody knows about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but a couple defensive linemen, Mike Dana yeah. and um, mm-hmm. uh, Tershawn Wharton, the punter, uh, Tommy Townsend. So I, I think that's really good news. Chiefs didn't have a first-round pick in 18, didn't have one in 19. They needed production, particularly the way they've been spending. They needed production out of their rookie class. And so far, so good. And, and Snead and, and – Edwards Hilaire certainly right at the head of that class. Speaking of Edwards Hilaire, Adam, what what do you think about him as a fit overall? Obviously, fans who are watching see what he's doing yardage-wise, carry-wise. How about chemistry? Tell us about what you're seeing on the inside from a rookie running back who's coming into a team, right? Super Bowl champs, offensive powerhouse. How's he fitting in in that whole schema? Yeah, I was a little bit skeptical when the Chiefs drafted him. He's not the biggest guy. I wasn't sure how he would hold up um, as an every-down back. Um, you know, you, you need to, to be a little bigger probably than he is, ideally. Um, so, And he was getting a lot of hype, as you guys remember, as the offseason went on. And then when Damian Williams opted out, there was all this talk, oh, he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, this, that, and the other. And I just thought there was too much hype. And then I saw him in training camp, and I mm-hmm. said, no. I, I, I flipped my opinion completely on him and said, no, this guy is the real deal, and he's going to help the Chiefs. Um, you, you could see how gifted he is in the passing game. He runs routes well. He catches the ball well. Makes guys miss in the open field. He's got a lot of that 
contact balance you like to see from running backs reminds me a little bit of Kareem Hunt in that way. They're built a lot differently, but the way they run, it, it, a little bit similar. So uh, I, I think he is a good fit, and I don't think I, I thought this even before the season started. After I saw training camp, that uh, he's going to fit in quite nicely here with the Chiefs. That's awesome. When 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 you were watching Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid interact with him, could you see the smoke? coming out of their ears once they saw what he could do? Could you just see the wheels turning and, and the playbook opening up and just adding page after page that, wow, we took what an offense that we had last year, we're adding this element? Holy cow, it, right? It's always fun to see a new, uh, a new receiver or, or a back, in his case, come into the Chiefs offense because you can kind of see the wheels turning. You really can't. I'll never forget – when Travis Kelsey was a rookie, the Chiefs were doing things with him that you didn't do with tight ends at that time, lining him all up all over the place, sending him down the field. You could see right away that they had big plans for him. And it was similar with um, Edward Solaire, particularly in the passing game. So, yes, uh, um, you, you know, the, I do feel like the Chiefs, they felt like last year maybe one of the places they could have grown their offense was running back. You know, their, their leading rusher rushed for less than 500 yards. They, uh, I think, were 20-something in catches from running backs last year. So they can get better numbers from their running backs. That's one place they can grow their offense. Very cool. And we're going to dig into your new book, Adam, in just a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And there's certainly a great game to bet on this week, which we're going to talk about the Monday night game between the Chiefs and Ravens. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Adam, now, uh, and I had the pleasure I'm, uh, of actually editing uh, Kingdom for Triumph Books, and what a great read it was. Did you ever think you'd be writing a book uh, on, on the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl and led by just this transcendent quarterback? No, all three of those things. I didn't think I'd see him win a Super Bowl. I didn't think they'd ever have a transcending quarterback, and I didn't think I'd write a book about all of it. So, no, it <laughs> caught me by surprise. But uh, um, it, it just was such a great um, convergence of events here that, that, that brought it all together. And it was fun to tell the story. I, I was really enjoyed the process of, of telling the story. Somebody remarked to me during uh, when I was still writing the book, you have so many uh, colorful characters to work with here mm -hmm. between Andy Reid and, and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Frank Clark and Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew and, and, and more. And I was, you're right. I do. I, there, there was, uh, those guys gave me quite a bit of material to work with. So uh, it, it was a fun to put together. No doubt. Adam, when you look at, at, at the chiefs throughout, you know, especially the fans who might be a little bit older and have you know followed the team through the late 80s, 90s, even into the 2000s. Do you think it was, when you talk about transcendent, do you think it's the fact that they took a shot on a rookie quarterback and just went with them? Because if you remember, during the eras, like when I was there and, then, and even subsequent, it was always, and, and I mean this not to be critical of the quarterbacks it was, or, or of the management and the way that it was run, it was always, we have such a great defense and such a great supporting cast 
let's get a quarterback in there that isn't going to lose the game for us. I mean, I know that's a broad generalization, but is that how you felt, you know, as somebody who covered the team so closely for so long? It was always, it was always, let's just have a QB that's not going to lose and never the, I don't care if we go 0 and 16, we're going to, this is our guy and we're going to go with him. Like kind of the way the Cowboys did with Troy Aikman, right? Like I always use that example. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any doubt, Joe, that that philosophy set the Chiefs back. You look at their history, they drafted only three first-round quarterbacks in their history before Mahomes, and and the last one was 34 years before Mahomes. And even then, those guys were in and out of the lineup. They never really made a commitment Mm -hmm. to any of them. One of them only started, I think, one or two games. The other two were in and out of the lineup. When something went wrong, they'd sit them on the bench. And, and, uh, um, you know, it's hard to develop a guy that way. And and, uh, as as you know, at least with Marty Schottenheimer, the Chiefs had a lot of coaches, including Marty Schottenheimer, who just didn't want to – didn't want the ups and downs of a young quarterback. They wanted a veteran and they know and know what they were getting from this veteran. And let's face it, and this is no disrespect to even guys like Joe Montana, Trent Green, Alex Smith, all of these guys, good players. But let's face it, they were discarded by the teams, their former teams. They were players that these teams no longer wanted. And finally, for the first time maybe in their history, the Chiefs have a quarterback that everybody wants, that, uh, that, that they went out and did the homework on and, and uh, mm-hmm. decided they would um, um, sink or swim with, and uh, certainly they're, they're swimming with. And I, I just feel like certainly in my time, I started covering the Chiefs when Marty Schottenheimer was the coach. And there, until Andy Reid came along, there's been one coach, and that was Herm Edwards, who was willing to – suffer along with a young quarterback so uh they just didn't uh, the others just didn't want to take the the time and and, and develop quarterbacks i remember uh, when when joey harrington out of the university of oregon was coming out i know the chiefs had some interest the chiefs picked i think sixth or seventh that year and i i can almost hear the cheering in, out of the coaches wing at arrowhead stadium when the lions drafted him with the third overall pick because that meant that the, this coaching staff wouldn't be stuck with the young quarterback they just didn't want that they wanted Trent Green they wanted a veteran they wanted to to do it that way and uh, I I do feel like in the end that ended up setting the the franchise back yeah I because it was oh it just always seemed to be the same old story it was the same narrative we've got an all pro defense we've got a we've got good running backs decent receiving core and it was the same script over and over again and when when and I'm not I'm no prognosticator and I don't claim to be you know having lived my life in the trenches my whole life but when I when Andy went to Kansas City and when they picked Patrick I I was very confident and a lot of people that I know in the Philadelphia area had asked me whoa coach Reed like Coach Reed's going there. What do you think? What's he going to do? And I knew he was going to do what he did with Donovan McNabb. I just, I could feel it. He was going to find a quarterback. He was going to talk that organization into whoever the GM was and, you know, talk to the Hunt family as the ownership and say, just trust me on this. We may go three and 13. We may go eight and eight, but I'm telling you, this is the model. And he did it. He did it with Donovan McNabb. If you remember back when Andy Reid drafted Donovan McNabb, the booze that he got at the draft, it was unbelievable. Like people were just like, you can't. And here, you know, next thing you know, 
Donovan McNabb's in four NFC championship games in a Super Bowl. I just, I knew he was going to do it. I knew he had that kind of mind and he had that kind of relationship with quarterbacks that it was going to, it was going to work out that way. So I'm so glad to hear you kind of um, confirm my beliefs that that that's something that you saw was going to happen. And, and no doubt. And, and um, you know, that's another thing that set the chiefs back is, is now everybody's on the same page there. And that doesn't mean they don't necessarily disagree but uh, on a player or, or whatever the subject might be, but they, they talk about it and they all con- kind of come together on it. And, and that's what happened with, with Pat Mahomes. Brett Veach, the, who's now the general manager, one of their lead scouts at the time, was sort of the guy that got everybody interested in Mahomes, sort of um, rounded up support. But everybody's pulling in the right direction, in the same direction. And I feel like even going back to the time you were playing for Chiefs, I don't feel like everybody was pulling in the same direction. I feel like there were some people with agendas who wanted to do things their, their way and couldn't abide by the Chiefs' way. Well, you just don't see that now. I mean, it's I, I had a lot of respect for a lot of the people who worked for the Chiefs in the upper positions, upper football positions over the years. But I feel like it, it did take an Andy Reid and a Brett Feach to sort of get this done. I, I don't think it was ever really going to get done. Not that the Chiefs didn't have some great teams and had they not won a game or two at the right time in the playoffs, it, including during your time there, that means, you know, they could have won a Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much it, – it's so much easier to do it the way the Chiefs are doing it now than the way the Chiefs did it back then or tried to do it back then. Joey, and what's cool about this book, what's cool about Kingdom is it not only – gets into the the Chiefs Super Bowl run, but also digs into that history. And and some of the points that actually you mentioned yourself, and speaking of Chiefs history, Adam, you've covered the Chiefs since, was it 93? Was that when you? 93 was my first year, which, Joe, was that your rookie year? That was my, it would have been my third year. I was drafted in 91, you know, 92, and then 93 was the year, obviously, you know, everybody remembers it. Joe Montana, Marcus Allen, and Adam Teicher. Everybody, you know, that was the triumvirate that came to Kansas City. I was part of the package deal. I wouldn't come (laughs) without those guys, all right? Well, since you had covered the Joe Valerio era as long as well as the Joe Montana era, uh, Adam, tell us what it was like to cover Joe Valerio. What was he like in the locker? I thought that Joe Montana was the thing on those that. (laughs) those chief teams for those eras. It was actually Joe Valerio. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly can't remember any specific interaction with Joe, although I do remember it was always pleasant. He was always very helpful. I always loved talking to the Ivy League guys because uh, they, they always have a story for you and, and, and maybe appreciate what they have. They understand that it's not all about football, that uh, um, there are other things in life. So I, I always appreciated having Joe around. As a matter of fact, I saw a highlight. ESPN did the um, – um, it's the 50, 50th year of um, Monday Night Football. So they were showing mm-hmm. some highlights from some of the great games that they picked out over the years. And sure enough, that 1994 game, Joe, in Denver, where uh, the Montana to Willie Davis passed to win the game with whatever, five seconds left. And who did I – the Chiefs were celebrating this touchdown in, in the end zone, and who do I see right in the middle of this but big number 73 <laughs> with the name Valerio on the back. So brought back some great memories for sure. Yeah, and it was always great. You know, Adam always covered the team when we were there so fairly. You know, we went through a lot of you know, ups and downs with Joe coming on board and then and all the things in between with the Steve Bono era taking over and Rich Gannon. And Adam was always the, the guy, Jeff, that was fair. You know, fair – 
always treated us well, always wanted to get the great story that showed the Kansas City Chiefs in a positive light. Um, and, you know, just a, he was just a great guy to have in the locker room to, to, to chat with through, through, all of those, uh, through all those ups and downs that, you know, you go through as a player and as an organization. And, and that's one thing I think that, that Kansas City is, will always be is, is one of those cities and one of those organizations that attracts great people. Right? Do you have any, Joe, do you have any specific memories of being interviewed by Adam or does it kind of all uh, blend together that, you know, you, you caught one of those touchdown passes and there was just a big media horde kind of around you? How, how's it work? Yeah, I, can, I can't remember if it was Adam or I think it might have been Adam that asked me, what the heck were you doing when you did the nesty plunge on Monday Night Football? <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, everybody that sounds wondering. like a question I would ask. I don't remember it specifically, but I would ask that question for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was always about the, uh, about the touchdown dances. But no, you know, I mean, I got a chance to, to break away from it. Now, I tried to avoid, you have to remember, Jeff, we, we, had, um, we used to keep in the offensive line room, we used to keep a fine board. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you got interviewed by the media, that was a $10 fine back then. So I'm sure there's been inflationary measures that uh, the players have, have used to keep those fines up, keep, you know, creeping up. But back then it was 10 bucks to get interviewed by the media. So we avoided, we avoided uh, the folks because we didn't want to be funding the after season party all yourself, you know, and especially if, you know, as a lineman who was getting my name announced for doing other things other than just holding or jumping off sides, right. Scoring touchdowns. I had to make sure I stayed clear of, of, of the media. And then I became the media and that didn't help either. Right? <laughs> so then I started working for channel nine and, you know, so I, I basically funded the last three years of our, of our after uh, season parties uh, based on, on the touchdowns and, and being on TV with, well, uh, with Len. How Dawson. did it work Joe then if somebody, if Adam approached you or one of the other at that time, Kansas city star uh, reporters approached you, did you just say no, or I can't talk? Yeah, I've got no mad? comment, no comment, you know, you know yeah, I'm a lineman. I, what do you want to hear from me? I'm just a lineman. I live in a six foot box. It's all, <laughs> Is all I uh, all I remember is Joe's telling me I got to go to a meeting. I, I can't do it now. I got to get to the meeting. So, uh, it's an excuse. In all fairness, uh, Joe does have a lot of meetings. We have trouble scheduling these pause, Joe. So you know maybe that is just a a, just, a characteristic of Joe. That just my excuse. <laughs> you, you know those Ivy League guys. I mean they're big time. I, I I full disclosure here, Jeff. I am a LinkedIn connection with Joe Valerio and. No. Uh, I love Joe, but I really love that he came from an Ivy League school. I mean, anybody can – I'll be anybody's connection if they come from an Ivy League school. <laughs> well, as my dad told me, you know, when I went into the insurance industry after after retiring football, he said, remember, 70,000 people aren't going to scream when you make an insurance sale, so you better bring some value every day. So, you know, yeah, so those meetings take up a lot of my day, Jeff. i got to try to bring value. Uh, <laughs> Adam, do you have an all-time, this kind of leads me to this point, do you have an all-time kind of favorite quote on the Chiefs, or I meant like somebody who you would, all your years covering that was kind of the guy that you were the guy or guys that were great to interview, uh, kind of the all-interview team, if you will? Oh, yeah, there's been several. I'd hate to slight anybody. Um, uh, You know, Joe certainly would have been up there. Um, You know, some of my favorite people still to this day that I covered were on that 93 team. You, Joe, JJ Burden, oh. uh, one of my favorite people and Dane and Hughes, one of my favorite people to this day. <laughs> two guys we've had on Adam, two guys we've had on the it, show. Is that so. right? Yep. Is that right? Wow. That's, that's really people. nice to hear. I, I, two of my favorite people from, from all the years. 
Um, I'd hate to slight anybody by uh, by mentioning, and it's funny now that I think about it. It seems like the the, the guys who were more difficult stand out in my mind as opposed mm-hmm. to the guys who who were go to guys. But uh, there was an offensive lineman who I believe was after your time, but maybe not a long a lot after your time, Joe, by the name of Glenn Parker, who was uh, oh, yeah, came from Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, he'd been in with the Bills for a little while, and and uh, Glenn Parker is one that stands out. Uh, um, well, Glenn, Glenn, actually, funny story, you should mention Glenn, Adam. He, he um, when we were playing in that AFC championship game in 93. Yeah, he was with the Bills back he then. He was, yeah. well, I, and I know he was with the Bills because he's the one, after Carwell Gardner had hit me and, and knocked me out on a punt coverage after I had snapped the ball, uh, you know, back to, I, I, well, it was Brian still there, I guess, or was it Louie? Brian Barkley, to- yeah. Was Brian, Brian and 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 I wasn't really looking and paying attention and I got knocked out and I started walking I went into the Bills huddle and then I started walking to the to the Bills sideline and Glenn's the one that grabbed me and turned me around and sent me back yeah. to the to, to the chief sideline so no, I got wow. to meet Glenn intimately at that point but yeah he's, he's great. <laughs> you might not remember it Joe but <laughs> I might not remember but I do remember Glenn helping me out so I didn't mean to derail your train of thought there Adam but that was interesting that you mentioned Glenn no, I'll uh, I'll ask him about. It. I talk still talk to him now and then. Oh, so that's awesome. I'll, I'll ask him about that. See if he remembers that that incident. But uh, <laughs> a lot of good, a lot of good guys over the years for the Chiefs. No doubt about it. And, and this team, uh, this current team, has a lot of uh, interesting characters as well. And Joe, what's so cool about Kingdom is basically each chapter goes through every game of the Chiefs Super Bowl season 2019. And so every game, you know. It talks about that game, for example, the Chiefs win over the Chargers in Mexico City, but it uses that just as a device to, that's when the defense really had started stepping up. And mm-hmm. so it's it's a feature on like Tyron Matthew. So each each nice. chapter starts out with, you know, a, a game story, but it's much more than that. Just a lot of in-depth about the all the players and coaches uh, of the team. But uh, moving forward a little bit, we've got a big game here coming up, one of the games of the season uh monday night between the chiefs and ravens uh, how do you guys see this kind of shaking out what are your thoughts on this matchup what do you think adam you're the expert well uh, that's what they tell me anyway um <laughs> i i i'm a little bit concerned about the chiefs defensively I, i'm always of the mind when i go into assessing looking at a chiefs game can the opponent score enough points to keep up with the chiefs and i, I feel like the chiefs will score some points against the Ravens. Um, so it, to me, as, as it always does with me, it comes down to the other side. Will Baltimore be able to score enough? And I think the answer is yes. I think they're certainly capable uh, and could score enough to win this game. I, I feel like uh, I, I can't get the second half of last year's Chiefs-Ravens game out of my head. Um, the Chiefs had a big lead at halftime, and the Ravens just kept driving down the field, just these slow, methodical – uh, uh, touchdown drives and they almost won the game and and uh, um, and then last week I feel like uh, I was kept waiting for the Chiefs to make a play defensively and other than the Legereus Sneed interception I didn't see a whole lot uh, to, to hang your hat on so I'm wondering right now where the Chiefs are defensively so I do think this game could get into the upper 20s even lower 30s and um, I, I certainly feel like it'll be a competitive game it's just a matter of maybe who makes the plays at the end. Yeah, Adam. What do you think the defense has to do? Like, what do you you know? What do you think they have to do? Do they have to do anything special? Does Coach Spagnola have to put something completely different in, or are they working on new things this week? Do you think? I mean, what what do you think their game plan should be? 
Well, I was encouraged by the way they defended Deshaun Watson. I, I thought that really uh, meant good things for when this game rolled around. But then last week uh, with the rookie quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, they really had trouble, uh, uh, you know, getting him to make mistakes, getting him off his game. And, and so I just wonder where the Chiefs are in, in that regard. I felt like they were so good getting consistent pressure in the opener, maybe not as much last week. Um, I, I felt like they uh, played good at the back end of their defense in the opener, maybe not so much last week. So, uh, you know, they've had some injuries back there. So, you know, they've had some injuries up front as well. And uh, uh, so uh, I just feel like I'm, I'm less about the X's and O's maybe and more about where the Chiefs are. Uh, are they capable of this right now? Mm -hmm. You guys mentioned – the, uh, the defense being perhaps a concern. Obviously, the Ravens have such a good uh, run game. Uh, the Chiefs went through this last year where the run defense looked like such an issue. Do you, and it seems to have resurfaced again. Do you think it is an issue, or do you think it's going to be the same thing, that they just they, they figure it out just like they did last year and become a, a top-flight uh, defense once again? I personally take nothing for granted. Until they fix it, it's it's an issue, and it's something that could get them beat as soon as this week. So uh, I do feel like it is kind of an issue for them, and uh, going to be interesting to see how they get this fixed, or if they do. Uh, they, I think they have the personnel to do it now. Whether uh, um, they make it happen, you know, get Mike Pinnell back. He's been on suspension. Mm -hmm. You remember last year their uh, run defense started mm -hmm. to turn around about the time they signed him, so he'll be back. Uh, uh, Monday night, and uh, we'll see what uh, he can add. Well, one of the fun things Jeff and I do at the end of our podcast, Adam, is we'll we'll try to do a score prediction, and 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 we we keep we keep a score of our scores. Uh, I, I don't know, Jeff. I'm going to throw one out there. See what Adam thinks. See what you think. I, I think the Chiefs win this game. I really do. I I I'm hoping that the defensive struggles, and I'm, this could be Pollyanna optimistic on my part, um, were the fact that all of a sudden they had a new quarterback in. You know, that for the Chargers that the, the Chiefs didn't even think about. Right, and all of a sudden you hope that that some wires got blown and some fuses got blown, and people were like, "Oh my God, how, what do we do now?" And it just threw the Chiefs off a little bit. So that that's the optimist in me and and the Chiefs fan in me. Um, and hoping that it's not any gaping hole in the defense. Uh, but I still think the Chiefs rally in this game. I think they, they proved again that they know how to score when they can. How about Butker making two 58-yarders in a row? Holy smokes. Of course, I'm getting the text like Nick Allegretti, right? Poor guy jumps off sides after they make the 53-yarder. And, and you know, everybody's like, hey, Joe, 73, was that you? You know, an Italian, another Italian kid wearing 73. So I'm getting all the text. But I, I think the Chiefs pull this one out. I think Butker plays a, a, another factor in this game because I think it could come down to who has the ball last. I think the Chiefs win this one 31-28. And I think it's going to be that kind of game. No, Joe, I think that's a reason – assumption I, I i i'm picking baltimore 27 24 but i i'm not going to argue with you uh the, the chiefs are so resourceful offensively and we saw it last week i mean it looked like they were dead and buried we saw it in the super bowl until yeah. the last half of the fourth quarter they looked like they were dead and buried and, and came alive and, and to, to maybe a lesser extent they did that against uh on sunday and their quarterback 
can Pat Mahomes can beat you in so many different yeah. ways. And he ran for four first downs in the second half. I mean, just so he, he got that part of his game going. And uh, they're so hard to hold down because they got so many guys that can hurt you in so many different ways. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I feel like uh, this game could well be won by the Chiefs, no doubt. Joe, I, I'm kind of siding with Adam here. I, I think the Ravens do win this one mm, barely, okay. but it, it it's every time you think the Chiefs are down and out, like Adam says, just like the yeah. Super Bowl, it, it's like kind of how how do you kill? They're never they're never dead. <laughs> and if something comes up and you say, oh, well, if you you kind of contain Patrick and you you have pressure and you slow the ball game, well, they they still win like in the Super Bowl and with. Buckers. Uh, Adam, well, we've got a little bit of time here before we uh, sign off here. Again, tell, tell our listeners where they can uh, get Kingdom and uh, the best place to purchase it. It's, it can be purchased in bookstores uh, that sell better books anywhere, everywhere. It uh, can be bought online through um, Barnes & Noble. Um, the publisher is Triumph Books. It can be bought at triumphbooks.com slash kingdom. So um, a number of ways to, to buy the book for sure. Nice. Make sure everybody gets out and reads it. It's a great, great encapsulating uh, read for, for that, that season, Adam. So thank you for taking the time to write that and tell those stories. How can, the, how can our listeners follow you too? What are, if they're not following you already, where else can they follow you? Twitter and any of your handles and anything like that? They can uh, find it, it at Twitter. It's at Adam Teicher. Nice. Awesome. Well, I suggest everybody do it. Adam, thank you so much for, for joining us. I can't tell you how much I looked forward to this all week when Jeff told me you were going to be on and for us to catch up. It's been way too long and it's just such, I love technology. We can see each other and, and catch up. So it's been awesome. Thank uh, first you. published author, Joe. This really, uh, I feel, bo- boosts our, you know, credibility here. We're becoming quite the literary bunch, right? With, absolutely. Uh... Absolutely. <laughs> This was fun, guys. I had, I had a lot of fun going down memory lane, memory lane here. Very cool. Well, it, thanks so much for joining us, Adam. And if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.